everyone, it's Christina back again with some fire for this week. I have just received so much great feedback regarding how the episodes have impacted um, you all's individual lives. And I want to let you know that there is going to be an ongoing opportunity to submit feedback. So this feedback you can send us regarding things that maybe you like to know more about in regards to prayer, testimonies, and of course, we want to hear your prayer requests. To do this, simply shoot over an email to our team at feedback at Let's dive right into it. So some of you may know that I have developed my career as an HR professional. I'm an HR professional by day, so of course that's what I'm doing during the day, and I'm a stylist actually at night. Now, I don't have an extensive tenure in HR, but I credit most of my experience and expertise to the last two positions where I worked with talent acquisition, employee relations, and training and development. But I can likely conclude that everyone knows the purpose of an HR department within an organization. Everyone knows that HR, we are the people that takes care of the people. So as an HR professional, it is our sole goal to ensure the compliance of the company and to make sure that everything happens legally and ethically as it should. And of course, to ensure that the people of the organization feel supported, safe, and supplied with every resource they need to be great. Well, in HR, there's one thing that is at the root of all things compliance, and it's integrity. Everyone has a different, elaborate definition of the fancy word, but I want to tell you, just as my parents told me as a child, integrity is doing the right things even when no one is looking, especially when no one is looking. That's when it really, truly counts. The moral compass that the world uses today to determine whether or not something is right is just totally skewed and, and just outright wrong. It's fickle. It changes on a day-to-day -day basis. It's based on what's trending. And at most times, it's never really solid enough to really aid us in making decisions. We all know some of the basic things that we shouldn't do, like lie, steal, cheat, kill. However, those socially recognized behaviors that we know are wrong did not just come from society making a suggestion or an assumption. It's biblical. If those things are true, right, we know that we shouldn't do those things. I wonder how many other truths are located in our Bibles and how many more things are we missing because we're resulting in looking at our culture. As Christians, if we are truly surrendered our lives to doing the work of the kingdom and loving God with our whole heart, then our moral compass would simply look different. It won't change. It won't be situational or circumstantial. It would just be. We would always choose to do the right thing. But I don't know why is it that we are so tempted to do everything but. Why have we allowed the enemy to deceive us into thinking, just going back to my HR terms, um, that compliance, ethics, and processes don't matter? Like it's not important these days. Let's just attempt to get away with it, is what we oftentimes say in our culture. Why have we allowed the world and our culture to skew our moral compass? And in thinking about this question, the Lord reminded me of this scripture in Galatians um, chapter 5, verses 6 through 7. Paul was actually writing to the Christians in Galatia and was talking to them about their freedom that they have in Christ. 
And he mentioned this, as far as our relationship to Christ Jesus is concerned, it doesn't matter, matter whether we're circumcised or not, but what matters is the faith that expresses itself through love. You are doing so well. Who stopped you from being influenced by the truth? I almost want to take that scripture a step further to say, who told you that? Where did that even come from? How has someone been able to influence you in that way? And why were you so easily convinced? Is it the lies and the temptations that are being perceived? Do they hold precedent over God? And if we were to truly ask ourselves those series of questions when we're faced with the decision to do right or wrong, I wonder if our actions would truly reflect Christ or are they reflecting the enemy? In that same scripture passage, Paul continues to state that in verse 8 through 9, the arguments of the person who is influencing you do not come from the one who is calling you. A little yeast spreads through the whole batch of dough. The thoughts, the arguments, as Paul mentioned, are not from the one who called you, the one who created you, the one that has a purpose and a plan for your life. That sin that you think no one sees or knows or will ever know, that that thought doesn't come from God. Even though God knows the thought, he wants you to live righteously and with integrity. And the concept of a little yeast spreading Now, I'm not about to shake up things and call out my yeast or put your yeast on blast. But, for example, going back to just my HR reference and example, the most common yeast that I see on a daily basis is the little manipulation to obtain more benefits, the little inappropriate comments that are made, a little stealing of time at work, just a little lying on the application for the fluff, a little verbal altercation to to prove a point. It all eventually leads to termination for fraud, sexual harassment, time theft, falsifying documents, and insubordination. It's the little things that grow in our hearts to become bigger things. And in Paul's letter, it speaks to spreading and spoiling the whole batch of dough. And those things that I listed, they may not speak to you. I pray that everybody's being honest in the workplace. But we all have yeast. And if we were to be 100% honest, that yeast has spoiled. It's either spoiling currently or will spoil the work that God is leading you to do. But I want to let you know, my brothers and sisters, that there is hope. Thank God that we can rid ourselves and begin to walk a new day with new mercies. If you are struggling in making a decision on what to do, is it right or is it wrong? I encourage you to, to pray about this thing. Call your yeast out by name and begin to rid yourself of it. With the help of the Lord, the temptation, the attacks on your identity, it will be no more. You are not your yeast and you don't have to give in to it. God will handle it. I love that Paul continued in in verse 10 and he said, The Lord gives me confidence that you will not disagree with this. However, the one who is confusing you will suffer God's judgment regardless of who he is. We all know that the enemy has his minions. If we were to be 100% honest, we've faced some of his minions several times before. I don't know if it's your conniving coworker, your messy or drama-filled friend, your complacent family members, whomever. It's the person that tempts you and seeks to confuse you on what decisions you need to make. God is saying he will deal with that person. 
you won't have to. All you have to do is keep doing well, keep doing the right thing, and do not compromise who you are to satisfy the unrighteous and indecency of this world. Do what is morally and biblically right. Now, I want to end this um, episode on the scripture. It's Philippians 3.14, and it says, I will run straight toward the goal to win the prize that God's heavenly call offers in Christ Jesus. Whoever has a mature faith should think this way. And if you think differently, God will show you how to think. However, we should be guided by what we have learned so far. My brothers and sisters, I encourage you that as we are going throughout life, this journey of life, and as we're going throughout our Christian journey, we have to make note of what we have learned so far. We have to continue to take those little nuggets that we're learning about the enemy and the strategies that he used, the things that we've learned about ourselves. We have to take that information and be guided by what we know to be true so far. I pray that we all feel encouraged to do that this week. I also want to make sure that it is mentioned that you guys, there is a very real enemy and he wants to destroy your character. He will do this by any means necessary, whether that be negative influence, mistaken identity, and clouded judgments. However, I encourage you not to get God. Keep your head on a swivel and be committed to making the right, integrous decision at all costs. This is how you will put the enemy in his place. I want to go ahead and just pray for us on this week. I want to encourage you all that if you're faced and to make a difficult decision and we were going to be faced with things this week where we're going to have to choose whether to do the right thing or the wrong thing. The temptation is going to come. It's inevitable. But we have to be so rooted and grounded in our faith, so rooted and grounded in what we know to be right, whether it be legally right, morally right, biblically correct, all of it should align and making the right decisions so that our integrity is not compromised. I want to go ahead and pray for us. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. God, we thank you for the new mercies. God, because truly we are undeserving. Father, we we don't always get it right. We don't know what we're doing. God, we, we are faced on a daily basis with tough and difficult decisions that we have to make in this culture where the world is saying, go this way, make this turn. This is what you should be doing. God, and I want us to be guided by your word, your truth. Father, and so my prayer for every single person under the sound of my voice, God, is that you will direct us in doing the right thing every time. God, that when we're faced with tough, tough and difficult decisions, that we are running to you, our solid rock, our anchor, our firm foundation, God. And I'm praying right now that others around us in our circle of influence will be encouraged by that. They'll see our honesty. They'll see our integrity. And they will be led to you through us in our workplace, in our friend groups, in our homes, our neighborhoods, our communities, God. We thank you for allowing that to be so. God, I pray that we are a true reflection of Christ and that we're not conforming to this world, which will seek to have us comfortable in doing the wrong things. God, we do not want to normalize the wrongdoings, God. We want to address them head on and be deterred and, and just turned away and disgusted by all the things that the world has to offer. God, I pray right now that you'll send us convictions. 
Because that healthy conviction, that healthy um, nudge when we are making the wrong decision, during the moments when we're even contemplating making the wrong turn, God, I pray that you will guide us in those moments. God, that you will give us that tugging on our heartstrings to let us know that we need to go the other way. God, we know that you're able to do this, and we are just thanking you in advance for it being so. We love you, we praise you, we honor you, and we thank you for the identity that we have secured in you. Thank you for us being integrous individuals that love you. And in Jesus' name, amen. All right, my brothers and sisters, I want to leave you all with this blessing. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Our God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. My brothers and sisters, I want us to be encouraged as we go into this week. I want to remind you that there's always a team of people that are praying and interceding on your behalf. I want you to remember that our God, he loves you and that I love you. And I'm always, always praying for you. Be blessed.